Father, once again, we're thankful for this time that we can come together. And Lord, as we talk about your word this morning and and the coming of Jesus as a babe, Father, would you just speak to our hearts? Would you just help us this morning? Help us to realize the, the purpose of your coming. Help us realize the importance of your coming. And God, help us to realize that you came in the flesh. You gave up all of heaven's splendor to pay the price for every one of us. Bless this time that we're together this morning. And may Jesus be glorified in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I've already had a bunch of you make wisecracks about me having on a tie this morning. I just wanted to do this just to show you that I have not forgotten how to wear a tie, all right? I do know how to wear a tie. I still own a few, and I can put one on every now and then, even when it's not a funeral or a wedding, all right? And uh, so I still know how to put one on every now and then, and I will uh, ever so often. So I don't need your wisecracks, all right? Oh, you just ignore some people, don't you? <clears throat> John chapter 1 is where we're going today. We've been talking about the characters of Christmas. And uh, we started off several weeks ago talking about the shepherds. And then we moved to the point that we talked about Mary, I mean Joseph. And then last week we talked about Mary. And this week we're going to talk about the star of Christmas, and that's Jesus himself. And we're going to uh, uh, pull some things out and just talk about the incarnation of Christ this morning. And John chapter 1 is where we're going to read from, beginning with verse 1. So if you will, I know you just sat down, but let's stand as we read God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning... With God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in His name, 
to those who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. May God bless the reading of His Word this morning. You know, as you think about the virgin birth of Christ, and I know last week I tried to drive home the importance of the virgin birth, and I tried to help you help you see that that is a doctrine that we cannot do without. If, if the virgin birth didn't happen, we don't have a Savior. I said that over and over again. And so that's a doctrine that we can't do without. But when you think about the virgin birth, you know, there has been all kind of views passed down through the years about the virgin birth of Christ. Well, just some of them uh, that I, I begin to think of and I begin to write uh, down. <coughs> I want to just share some of them with you for real quick. The Ebonites, uh, that's a Jewish sect, they denied the reality of Jesus' divine nature. Uh, just Jesus was a, was a man. He had no divine nature whatsoever. The Gnostics... They, they, they denied the reality of Jesus' human nature. And so they did, not, they did not want to accept that Jesus came in the flesh and, and that he, he was human also. The Arians, they affirmed Jesus' preexistence, but they denied his deity. And, and one sect of that group is, is uh, Jehovah Witness today. Uh, they do not accept the uh, dei- deity of Christ. Uh, the, the Nestorians, they believe that two persons actually indwelt one body, the body of Christ, and it was the human and the divine. And they were actually two separate persons in the body. And then the Eutychans, they, they went to the opposite extreme in that they said both natures, the human nature and the spiritual nature, mingled together and made a third person. And so that's how they accept the, the uh, incarnation of Christ. Well, today I want to just share with you some things about uh, the coming of Christ that I believe are important for us to look at. And, uh, and, and just some things that will... Uh, that you need to really drive home in your life and to make sure that you see these things. Uh, you know, when, when Jesus came, there were actually two miracles that stood out in the incarnation of Christ. And one of those miracles was simply this, that God Himself took on the nature of man, but yet while He took on the nature of man, He retained the full nature of God. Now the best way to say that is that Jesus was 100% God, but He was 100% man. Alright? And and that's the best way to look at that. And and so uh, Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, the scripture tells us that, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God is with us. When Jesus came, 
God came. He took on flesh and He came into this world to exist with us. Uh, you know, and, and it's very important that we see that. Jesus was as much God as if He had never been man. And He was as much man as if He had never been God. Pastor uh, Greg Laurie said this. He said, Jesus Christ was not a man who became God. He was, he, and he went on to say, that is impossible. But He was God. Who became a man. Don't ever think that Jesus was just a man and evolved into, into God. Because that didn't happen. He was God who left heaven's glory and became man. Emmanuel. God with us. John 10.30 Jesus said, I and my Father are one. God became flesh. For every one of us. And then a second miracle that took place there is just simply that a human body could, could be conceived within a mother's womb without an earthly father. The virgin birth. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Matthew 1.23, the Bible says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. The virgin shall be with child and bear a son. The birth was not only supernatural, but it was unique. He had already performed spiritual births for uh, Sarah, miracle births, for supernatural births for Sarah. He had performed supernatural births for Hannah, Elizabeth, and even others. But this birth wasn't just supernatural. It was unique in that there was no earthly father what a God we serve well as we think this morning about God coming God coming in the flesh to us I want to just give you a few things to, to lock on to reasons he came and I want you to just try to lock on to those this morning and they're very simple the first reason is this he came to reveal God. Jesus came to reveal God. John 1 verse 18 says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. The Scripture says, No one has seen God. The only begotten who is in the bosom of the Father has revealed Him. Jesus came to reveal God to us. Uh, Leo the Great said, Invisible in His own nature, God became visible in ours. Beyond our grasp, He chose to come within our grasp. John 14, 9 says, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Now folks, when you've met Jesus, you've met God. When you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. And, and Jesus came to reveal 
to us God. We've been doing doctrine studies on Wednesday nights and, and, and been having a good time doing that. And, and we went through the doctrine of God and then we went through the doctrine of Jesus and the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And do you know every, every time we get to one of those doctrines, we're talking about the same things. You know why? Jesus came and revealed God. He revealed the same characteristics that God has. Jesus showed us God. God came in the flesh. Jesus. And He came to reveal God to every one of us. And then another thought that, that I had here was that He came to fulfill prophecy. He came to fulfill prophecy. Uh, for over a thousand years, the Jews had, had been waiting for the Messiah to, to come. Over 300 times, God had directed prophets to prophesy the coming of the Lord. In Genesis 3.15, the Bible uh, says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and, and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The first prophecy of Jesus coming right there. That Jesus was coming into the world and that Jesus would bruise Satan's head. A prophecy of Jesus coming. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. The Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. A, a direct prophecy uh, proclaiming that Jesus is coming. And so Jesus came to fulfill that prophecy. We just read in Matthew 1.23 the fulfillment of Isaiah 7.14. That behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and he shall be called Emmanuel. God is with us. A direct, uh, a, a direct revelation from the prophet Isaiah 7 to where we see it come about in Matthew. Jesus came to fulfill prophecy. Listen to Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Peace. A wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Once again, Jesus came to fulfill prophecy. No doubt about it. We see it fulfilled all through the scripture. And we understand the fulfillment of that prophecy. Another thing I, I want you to see here is that Jesus came to make a sacrifice for our sins. He came to make a sacrifice for our sins. Hebrews 2 verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. For the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. 
You see, the whole purpose of Jesus coming was to die. That skit earlier uh, said that over and over. The whole purpose of Jesus coming was not to stay in an empty man- uh, stay in a manger, but this manger had to become empty, and Jesus was to die, and that was the whole purpose in His coming. He was coming to provide a way for every one of us. Hebrews ten verse four and five, the Bible tells us, for it is not possible. Uh, that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. Now, the writer of Hebrews went back to the Old Testament, and he looked at the Old Testament uh, atonement for sin. And he said, he said, listen, the blood of bulls and goats did not get rid of sin. It could not get rid of sin. He he went on and he shared through Hebrews 9 and 10. He shared the steps in the Old Testament atonement. Uh, First of all, we understand that the priest would take the blood when when they would bring a bull or goat or sheep and and they would would cut that goat or that bull and, and the blood would drain. The priest would take that blood And he would take that blood as a sacrifice and he would walk into the Holy of Holies. Now only the priest could go there. And he would go into that Holy of Holies and he would take that blood and he would sprinkle it upon the mercy seat. And and as he did that, when God would come down over the mercy seat, he would see the blood. And when he saw the blood, it deferred judgment temporarily until the coming of Christ. And so he would would sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. And when he would sprinkle that blood, God would see that blood and it would defer judgment for a temporary time. And then it would have to be done over and over and over And over again. It was not a cure-all. Sin was still running rampant. And so the Old Testament priest would once again stand at the altar, sacrifice the animal, take the blood to the mercy seat, and temporarily judgment would be deferred. Hebrews 10.11 gave you a picture of these Old Testament priests. It said that day after day, every priest would stand and perform religious duties. Again and again, he would offer the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. He would do this constantly. But let me tell you, When Jesus came, when Jesus came, He brought a different kind of sacrifice. When Jesus came, it was different. And in Hebrews 9, the Bible says in verse 12, He did not enter the Holy of Holies by means of the blood of goats and calves. 
But he entered the most holy place for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. You see, that poor old Old Testament priest would constantly go into that holy of holies and drip that blood on the mercy seat. And God would come down and he would accept that sacrifice for a temporary deferment of judgment. But then when Jesus came, he went to the cross. And when he went to the cross, his blood was poured out. And he took his blood, his own blood, and he entered the holy of holies, the most holy place, and he dripped that blood on the mercy seat. And as he dripped that blood on the mercy seat, the Bible says in Hebrews 9 that as he did that, it obtained eternal redemption, forever redemption. Because of his blood. He was a different sacrifice. And because of his blood, he obtained that eternal redemption. John 10.10, I'm sorry, Hebrews 10.10 says, "And And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Once... And for all. One and done. We've been made holy through Jesus Christ's sacrifice once and for all. We don't have to constantly come and and lay, lay animals on the altar. We do not have to do that. July 23rd, 1972, as a 16 year old boy, I gave my life to Christ. And I want you to know, once and done. That did it. Once and for all. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. John 10, 12 says, But when this priest, talking about Christ, he is our priest, when this priest had offered for all time One sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God. One sacrifice for all times. 1 John 3, 5 says, But you know that He appeared so that He might take away our sins. And in Him is no sin. Jesus came to take away our sins. To be the sacrifice for our sins. And it had to be perfect. And the Bible says in 1 John 3, 5 that in Him was no sin. He was perfect. There was no sin dwelling in Him. Mark 10, verse 45. The Bible says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. Listen, folks. You say, Brother Joey, you're preaching on the death of Christ on on the two days before Christmas. Why? Because the whole purpose of Him coming as a baby, 
The whole purpose of his existence on this earth was to provide a ransom, a payment, a sacrifice for our sins. That's why. If you, if you forget that part of it and you're just celebrating this part, you missed it. He did come as a baby. He, he was virgin born. We believe that. We understand that. He lived 30 something years as a perfect man. He preached. He healed. He raised the dead. But then in his 30s, they, they took him to court. They railroaded charges against him. And they killed him on a cross. And the blood of Jesus was shed so that we can have eternal life. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. It's because of the blood. It's because of the blood. But a fourth thing I want you to see real quick this morning is that Jesus came to provide us with a high priest. Hebrews 2.17 For this reason he, is, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that He might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that He might make atonement for the sins of the people. Hey folks, as a believer, we have a priest that we can go directly in front of. It's not a pastor of a local church. It's a priest. And he's sitting on the right hand of God. And he is our high priest. And we can go directly to him. He came to provide us with a high priest. Hebrews 3.1 Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. He is our priest. Romans 8.27 Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Our high priest is there. He knows the will of God. He knows our hearts. And He is constantly making intercession for us, praying for us. He is our high priest. He is our high priest. And then last of all, Jesus came to give life. He came to give life. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came for that purpose. He saw me as a, as a young guy that, that, was, that was, did, had, had no direction. He saw me as a young guy who, whose life was black with sin. And He came to seek and to save 
that which was lost. And, and on July 23rd, 1972, he did do that. He saved me. He gave me life eternal. John 3.36 says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. He said, believe on the Son and you have life everlasting. John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come not, not only just to give you life, but I have come to give you life, but I've come to give you life more abundantly. Jesus said, I've come into this world to give you life. And it's not just the life that you think it is. It's a life full. It's not full of the worldly things. It's full of God. It's full of good stuff. It's full of, it's full of Him being there for you, walking through with you through the storms of life. He came to give you life. He came to give you life that when, when the storms do happen, He can walk you through those storms and you can still experience the abundant life. He came to give you every bit of that. He came to give you life. John 1, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become the children of God. Of God, To those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. As many as received Him, He gave the right to become children of God. Now how does that happen? Well, He said first of all, it doesn't happen by the blood. It's not of blood. It's not physical. You're not physically born into his family. He goes on, he says, it's not of the flesh. It's not of ourselves. It's not of what we can do. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. You can't determine yourself to be a child of God. It doesn't happen that way. It's not of the flesh. He said there in John 1, 13, it's not of the will of man. It's not by someone else. Your parents cannot will you to be a child of God. Students, you cannot will anybody to be a child of God because it's not of somebody else. It's not of myself. I'm not born that way. It's not of the flesh. I'm, it's not of myself. I can't work for it. And it's not of the will of man. So how does it happen? Very simply. The last three words. But of God. It happens only through the power of God. That's how it happens. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become a child of God.
It's a gift. It's a gift. Romans 6.23 says that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. God gave the greatest gift. I love getting gifts. I'm, I'm into this Christmas stuff. You know? I like this stuff. I always have. I like... I liked waking up on Christmas morning and, and running, running to see what, what, what's in there for me, you know? Uh, and, you know, that may be a little on the selfish side, but I'm into it, all right? And I like getting those Christmas gifts. But I'll tell you what, the greatest Christmas gift ever given was God giving His Son, Jesus. The greatest Christmas gift ever. Somebody penned some words that were very, very good, I thought. And I wanted to use them today. have no idea who wrote this. But it says, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior, His Son, Jesus Christ. Aspire. Listen, this morning, if you've never met Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this would be a great time to give your life to Him. be a great time for you to just come to Him and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. <clears throat> and I want to know you as my Savior. Man, there's nothing better than that. I'd like to help you know Christ as your personal Savior this morning. Don't reject Him today. Give your life to Him. Maybe this morning you are a believer. But somehow, some way down the line, you've got off track a little bit. Maybe you're not in His Word like you ought to be. Maybe you're not serving like you ought to be. Maybe you're not as faithful to Him as you ought to be. Why don't you just be honest with yourself this morning? And maybe this morning is the time for you to renew that commitment that you've had in Christ and and surrender your life to Him. He needs to be our priority. We were His priority. Then maybe this morning, you're a member of another church, you've been visiting this church, you believe this is a place that you ought to serve, then we invite you to come.
You can move your membership by letter, by baptism. We can talk about that, whatever you need to do. But you be open and honest to what God's asking you to do this morning. Let's take care of business this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your will be accomplished in this place this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed, would you stand? Brother John's going to sing. Kevin and I are here at the front. You do what God's laid on your heart to do right now this morning.